Welcome on into the podcast. I'm Brett. I'm Dorian. And uh, thank you guys for supporting us. Make sure you guys subscribe, like, and share this podcast out to your friends. We would appreciate it so much if you did that. It helps the channel grow uh, and, the, and the podcast grow. So uh, we got some nerd news for you today. Dorian, what are we talking about? We're talking about quite a few things. So first, we're going to be talking about The World Ends With You, a new game that got uh, just announced this week. We're going to be talking about Black Panther 2, uh, Mandalorian Chapter 13. But first things first, Mad yeah. Mickelson is Grindelwald. Yeah, he's confirmed as Grindelwald. We talked about this uh, the last couple of weeks, I guess. Yeah, pretty much since we got in the news. Um, first, it was, you know, Johnny Depp is no longer with the, the you know, uh, Fantastic Beast 3. And that mm-hmm. we were trying to think and people were pointing to Mads Mikkelsen as like, a, you know, the fans were kind of the ones that pushed this, it sounds like. So, uh, yeah. you know, this is another Sonic scenario, in my opinion, where... You know, studios are listening to us, and yeah. this is a prime example. We got Mads Mikkelsen as Grindelwald confirmed. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you thinking about this? I mean, as someone who uh, has not seen any of these movies here, uh, yeah, enough seems fantastic. Here. I mean, <laughs> it's pretty fantastic, beast, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. But uh, so honestly, I mean, just from what I know about Grindelwald and just what I know about Mads Mikkels. He seems like a pretty good replacement given the circumstances. I still think... So, uh, I was going to say, think, I, I do know something he was in that you have seen, which is oh, Casino Royale. Casino yeah, Royale Casino, as well. Casino Royale, yeah, yeah. Rogue One. He's also he's also uh, plays like kind of like a villain slash uh, side character in Death Stranding here. So. Oh, okay, gotcha. But yeah, he... Uh, <laughs> I mean, no, this is a... I think this is kind of a instance where Warner brothers is listening to the fans. I think at this point they kind of have to, to buy some goodwill back just because for one fantastic beast two, from what I heard, wasn't all that great. No, and, it wasn't. And, uh, also the fact that this whole controversy with, uh, Johnny Depp and Amber heard, and the fact that Amber heard is still attached to Aquaman, uh, 2. Aquaman two, I yeah. think is definitely, I think they definitely had to do some damage control with this. So I think this is kind of, you know, one of the things where they were like, okay, this is actually a pretty good actor for one and two, this is what the fans want. So it's going to be kind of a little bit more of a win-win situation for everybody involved. Totally. Uh, Let's talk about some more win-win situations, at least for us. Uh, The world ends with you is not ending. It's not ending with just the world ends with you. It's got a sequel coming out. So this is a game. Uh, that came out in the DS back in 2008. Here, back like, in 2008, uh, the sequel is going to be called Neo: The World Ends with You. Uh, yeah, which, I mean, kind of, kind of a weird naming process. But then again, it's, I mean, it but, means new. You know, like, well, like sure. You know, so I understand where they're going with it. But yeah, why wouldn't they name it like something completely like, different? W- or the world <laughs> ends with you, Neo. You know, right? I feel yeah, like, I, fe- I feel like it's just weird putting the new word in front of like. Uh, the name of the franchise yeah but, yeah then again this is coming from the same company that did not uh that completely botched the numbering system for final fantasy in the states for years on end here like yep. final fantasy 2 was actually final fantasy 4 and stuff and then let's not get started on kingdom hearts how many what kind of titles oh gosh. That they got like yeah 360 <laughs> over two days or some yeah so, some garbage like that so but Let's get to like what yeah. we actually need to talk about. So it comes out uh, 2021. summer of twenty twenty one for PS four and uh, Switch. Yeah, and yeah, it looks dope. To, 
it's going to be 3D, which I mean, I kind of figured like if we were going to get a sequel, like they would probably try to go with like kind of the indie, yeah, yeah, kind of like how uh, Hades is, you know, yeah, yeah, isometric type of thing. Well, do you want to explain to them kind of the like not the premise, but like how the gameplay is, and then why why it makes this game so awesome? Because you're actually the one who turned me on to this game, if you you don't remember correctly. No, no, actually, I do. Yeah, 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 yeah. So basically, uh, how this game kind of the premise or just the you know cliff notes of this game it's set in uh shibuya japan uh basically what it is is you're involved in something called the reapers game and it's not very clear on like what that means but you're giving like uh these tasks that you have to do otherwise you're basically dead and yeah. the ga- gameplay kind of consists of i mean i can't really speak for this game per se just because it seems like they're going to be doing redoing the combat from the ground up here for yeah. the most part, but it's, uh, but basically what it is, it relies on a pin system. So basically you get these, uh, pins that you can like essentially evolve like your Pokemon kind of almost here that yeah. give you like special abilities and powers and stuff. And it's, you know, they're set like on timer. So you, it's not like you're just like constantly spamming. You have to, you know, uh, get a loadout that you are, uh, comfortable with that kind of complements each other so you might say have a uh pin that like you know does like long range or like you know an aoe attack and you need but you need something that while those are on cooldown and they might have a long cooldown you might have to like get in close and personal and like do like melee attacks so to speak. yeah the pins so, are essentially your abilities exactly so uh so i mean that being said with um the original it was like touchscreen controls and you would also have uh, another player that or another character that you'd be controlling on the top screen with the d-pad uh you'd do inputs on there while you're um while you're finding people on like the touchscreen obviously that's not going to happen on no, this no, game yeah, yeah. but uh yeah i mean basically uh with uh this game the combat looks like it's similar to kingdom hearts almost here just mm-hmm. kind of the vibes i got i did Notice that they still had the pin system there, so that's cool. Yeah, and uh, they also looks like it's gonna have just like three people with you, as opposed to, like the two people in your party here. So that's a that's another thing that's kind of so, new and exciting. Something we might get to, and I don't I don't know what the story is, obviously, but uh, you know, some uh, cross platform co op stuff going on, maybe. I mean, potentially. I mean, because that is kind of all the rage these days. You're seeing more and more games adopt the cross-platform model whether that's like you know a big game like fortnite or even like something like kind of smaller scale like rogue company you're getting cross-platform for yeah. a lot of these uh a lot of these games which is awesome uh but one yeah. of the, oh, one sorry, of the things ahead. that one of the things about this uh even though this is going to be 3d it's still keeping that art style that yeah. you got in the original which i think the, is just absolutely anime phenomenal. yeah yeah well it's like Steam, anime steampunk kind of kind of yeah it's, it's like but square enix you know too well, it's it's still, still got the square enix vibe yeah it's got the square enix vibe it's got essentially the same uh same like uh art feel as the original like i don't know if you noticed in the trailer but like uh in the original game they had like buildings that were kind of like they they played with like perspective weird like in a weird way where, oh like, yeah no i remember that slanted. yeah yeah and in the trailer yeah. like even in 3d they're still they're still doing that, which I'm like, okay, that's cool. We should have uh, honestly assumed something was coming when they did the the re- was it the remaster that came out on Switch a couple years well, ago? Like yeah, two there years was ago? A, there was a remaster that came out. Oh, it was last year two, actually. 
2019. I think it was 2018. Was it 2018? Uh, I think okay. so. But I still haven't got uh, it. I need to get it. Yeah, no, I, I'm actually going to probably pick it up too just because, I mean... Got to get know, ready for the sequel. The, the hype is real. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so that being said, you also get uh, uh, Minamoto, who's... Uh, uh, he was a boss and a villain in the first game, and now he's a playable character here. So that's cool. That's sick, yeah. Yeah, and then... Um, it's unclear whether or not this is going to be a sequel or a prequel just right, because, right. Uh, you know, the, I mean, you don't have like really other than like a few faces that pop up in the uh, in the trailer. Like most of the characters are completely brand new. It looks like completely brand new story for the most part. Yep. Uh, yeah. I mean, Christmas came early, man. Yeah. For me. I mean, this, and this is this is such an underrated IP. I feel like this doesn't get not it obviously doesn't get as close to the love as you know, Kingdom Hearts and, right. uh, you know, Final Fantasy, because it's, I, I don't want to stick in that same genre, because honestly, the combat is so much different, so much more unique. I remember yeah. that being my, almost my favorite part of the game, besides the story being really good, was, yeah, you know, story, being able to combine really different abilities one. and figure out, yeah, what's your loadout going to be, and exactly. how do you like to play, because you could play the game completely different than the way I play the game, like, yeah. and still yeah, exactly. be effective, so... Yeah, and y- well, and you even had like uh, other systems in there as well, like beyond the combat. You had essentially like what what gear you would wear would uh, would uh, give you benefits and uh, what areas you were in in the city right. for yep. one. And then, yeah, it's uh, I think one of the reasons why it just didn't take off is just because you know it was just on the DS here for one. So you have a little bit of a limited yeah. uh, a, lo- a limited audience that you're going to for. But that particular one, it was for the most part trapped on the DS for the longest time until you know the recent remaster. But right. yeah, this was this was something that I honestly didn't think we'd be getting a sequel to, just because uh, people who've uh, been a fan of the original game for the longest time has been it's been teased that there was going to be something new coming, and it would always be something like, oh yeah. Uh, we're porting it to ipad or oh yeah we're pointing <laughs> this to switch it's like give us something new you know right. and they finally did it and i'm i'm just stoked about it totally yeah i uh yeah i i honestly forgot about this game for a little bit until man i don't know when it was and for whatever reason it popped back in my brain i was like oh man uh that i forgot I, that the the remix or the remaster came out and then right. also get this news out of nowhere or, and and not just a game. We're getting an anime. We're getting an anime about uh, the world right. with you. So, right, um, yeah, that's yep. also going to be pretty dope. You know, yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, no, it's it's a good time to be a World's End with you fan. I mean, I'm I'm right now. This is my most anticipated game for uh, next year, and I say that with an asterisk because I don't know when Breath of the Wild two is coming out. I don't know when God of War Ragnarok is coming out. So again, but as of right now, this is what I'm I'm placing my chips on totally no i get it i mean this and digimon survive which was supposed to come out this year but it got pushed back to next year oh, did uh, it? Okay. yeah that's another one of my i mean i'm on a digimon kick right now but Fair enough. um you know that's always been a one of those franchise similar you know just near and dear to my heart that wasn't it was big but it wasn't like pokemon big you know like it's and it's those kind of fringe franchises that i think stick with us even more than the mainline franchises right. and this is one of those franchises so i'm well, just excited all around for it it's it's a matter of like when something's unappreciated, it gives you more appreciation it's like for it. Everyone talking like about community ha- now, and I'm like, where right. were you ten years ago? 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So. But no, it's one of, it's one of those things where it's like, because something is underappreciated, it kind of prompts you to appreciate something. Totally. More because exactly. It's, it's not, it's not getting the love or adoration that it deserves. Basically. Yeah, absolutely. Here. So, yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about some Black Panther two news, which is surprising to me, just based very, on you know the circumstances. Very surprising, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, what do we know about it so far? Because it's moving well, forward. Yeah, so the, this kind of came out of nowhere for the most part. Uh, but basically, it's going to begin shooting in twenty twenty one. Shuri, who is played by Alita, uh, right? I think that's how yeah, you pronounce I have no her idea. name. Uh, <laughs> She is going to have a more prominent role. It almost sounds like she is going to be the main character, which I mean makes sense, seeing how uh, happens in the comics too. Right, exactly. But like Chadwick Boseman is no longer uh, with us here, so he's not. A, I don't think they've shot anything with him to do that. So I mean, I I would not be surprised if they did. To be honest, if they actually did film something, knowing he was going to pass away soon, I could see them doing that. Really, and you know, because it was yeah. it, it got it got to a point where. You know, uh, when you have stage four, there's pretty much nothing you can do. And so I wonder right. if he was like, you know what, let's do, let's choose something for the fans and, yeah. you know, have it be like, even if it's him in the afterworld or something like, you know, something like that, that's kind of meta, but also or, you know, would mean a lot to the fans. They kind of do something like, um, a uh, Leia with episode nine, how they use some unused footage and, uh, totally tailored it around and use some trickery with, with uh you know green screening and all that that could be that could be an option potentially but yeah i mean um uh, i mean so i'm just i'm honestly just surprised that they're actually going to go for this just because for one like the first black panther is going to be one of those movies that uh is going to be thought as as kind of almost a historic movie for lack of a better term just because it it, it just like made so much money it was just like loved by a lot of people for one totally. so it's kind of it a great movie right and, but then like you also had the fact that uh not only that but uh, the fact that you cannot make a like you you cannot get the main character back for the sequel unfortunately you know rest in peace chadwick boseman but but you can't you cannot bring him back so it's kind of one of those things where it's like okay like why like i would have thought that okay yeah we're not going to touch that like we're just going to let this movie have its legacy yeah. we're not going to try to you know get more more money off of it or try to continue the story without it i mean granted yeah sure they have storylines with shuri as the black panther from the comics but i don't know if that's what people are really really wanting especially considering how uh how Shuri has been portrayed so far in the MCU because she's been kind of like a comedic character who's just kind of more of like the brains versus like the straight up warrior type per se. Even yeah. though she does do some fighting and uh like you know Black Panther Endgame and Infinity War it's like I don't know it just kind of seems like it's not like she doesn't seem like a straight one to one replacement I guess. I don't know. No, I mean, it's, maybe it's definitely maybe, maybe that character, yeah. Yeah. You have to remember too that the Black Panther wasn't just like who's the best athlete, even though technically sure. they could challenge each other. But it was the sure. whoever was the ruler of Wakanda. So sure. if it's if, and then Shuri's next in line, you know that's yeah. then yeah, that, you know she's gonna have to defend it. She's gonna have to learn something. She's and they don't have any more of the yeah the, the, the plant the or whatever. Power. Yeah. Yeah. No. They 
No, so, they don't have any more of that. So but maybe, that's easy to retcon. You could just go, oh, well, actually, there was more in this specific area. Right. We didn't tell anyone I mean, about. There, there's definitely going to be some retconning going on. And I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll maybe they'll just go like straight technology based with. Uh, yeah, that'd be actually pretty sick. Maybe just have her wear armor and have like the gauntlet still. Right. Ex- like as opposed to like saying like, OK, yes, we're going to give you, you know, the the superpower flower here or something like that. We're going right. to just we're just going to have to tech it up. You're just going to have to tech it up to where you actually just have the you just have like, you know, the strength, agility and all that other stuff here. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, speaking of moving forward, let's talk about Deadpool 3 is officially official and in mm-hmm. development. Um, yeah. it's surprising, That's what, surprising. Yeah. Well, yeah, especially considering how back in Comic-Con or, you know, what we had for Comic-Con this year, uh, the creator of Deadpool said like, there's nothing happening with Deadpool three. Well, I mean, he probably didn't know at this point. He probably didn't know, or, you know, or that might've created some backlash to the point where Disney had to listen. But uh, yeah. So basically what we got going on is two writers from Bob's burgers are going to be writing the screenplay. It will be produced by Marvel and Kevin Feige. Now there's no word on whether or not this is going to be officially an R rated movie or when it will be coming out. But I guess like based on like the scheduling uh, of like uh, some of the people involved, it's probably safe to assume that this will probably be coming after or coming out after 2022. I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Probably 2023 to even 2025, depending on where they want to plop it, you know, as far as the slate. No, I, I I think this is cool. I think we're going to get a mixture of, where there's still going to probably be a rated R vert, like there's still going to be rated R Deadpool, but also get Deadpool to cross over with other characters. And maybe right. it's just super meta and he bleeps himself or something like that. You right. know, which I mean, I think, I think that would honestly be hilarious here, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it'll be interesting. I mean, the main thing I really want to know is like, okay, is this still going to be its own thing or is it going to intersect with the MCU? Because right. I mean, honestly, the potential of it intersecting with the MCU is what interests me the most about this movie. Now that Fox has, or sorry, Fox is owned by Disney and they have all pretty much all their characters back in house. So it's like, okay, what are you guys going to do with them? Are you guys actually going to start incorporating that? How's that going to work? Yeah, totally. And sky's the limit really. I mean, they can, they can do whatever they want with that character. And that's kind of the cool thing about Deadpool is he pops in and out of stuff and you know, he could be in there just for a cameo. Then be gone, you know, like the camera cuts away right when he's about to cuss or something like that. And then exactly. Or yeah. Or you can even have like a, yeah. I mean, how crazy would it be if uh, he is in the third Tom Holland movie here? Because seeing how they're, that's going to probably, yeah, that's, that's definitely possible. Yeah, I mean, uh, with the multiverse how, and stuff like that. Well, especially considering how like Spider-Man and Deadpool have like kind of like almost like pretty a, good relationship. Yeah, yeah, kind of kind of a you know defined relationship in the comics, so it makes sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right, let's talk about uh, you know a couple couple weeks ago or last couple weeks. There's been a lot of stuff that's been coming to streaming services, and so uh, more good news on that front. We talked about you know. Wonder Woman 1984 coming, Monster yeah. Hunter potentially coming, uh, and then uh, Soul. And now we have some news on Godzilla versus King Kong potentially on HBO Max because Netflix mm-hmm. did not want to pay $200 million to have it on their platform, yeah. which I get. Um, but what else is going to happen with this? What does this mean? 
So long story short, apparently Netflix offered the $200 million to have the movie premiere on their service, but just premiere, not, not soul rights or anything like that. Right. Uh, I, I'm not entirely sure, but I mean, I just use the word premiere in the show notes just as, just because that would be the first place we would sure at here. So, but that being said, uh, Warner media apparently blocked the deal because it has a partnership with HBO max. Now, Legendary pictures of guys who are actually making the movie have mm-hmm. not commented on this, on whether or not this is going to be something that will go to HBO Max or not. Uh, currently, the movie is at a release date of uh, May 21st of next year. Okay. So that's basically all we know. But just given the fact that it seems like they were willing to talk, meet with Netflix about putting it on uh, demand or a streaming service as opposed to uh, the theatrical release, you know, tells me that they are at least thinking about the possibility of doing this here. Now, that being said, I could see them waiting until May 21st and doing like a Wonder Woman situation where they release it on HBO Max and in theaters on the same day, possibly. Mm -hmm. But I think right now they're probably just looking at Wonder Woman and saying, let's wait and see how this does. Totally. If it's, if it's successful, we'll, we'll make a move for it. But I mean, personally, I think I would probably prefer to watch this in the theaters just because of it's going to be a big, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a big monster fighting movie. Exactly. Yeah. I'm on exactly. the same page with you on that. Uh, I'm not sure if I'll actually check this movie out, but I, I think I'm more excited for what it means for on demand and just yeah. kind of that looking like the future platform and, and model going forward. Yeah. I mean, again, it's like we still really don't know what the state of movie theaters are going to be looking like in, you know, six months from now or, you know, however long. Yeah. Because I mean, I mean, we're, we, we have a vaccine that's approved here, so we don't know how quickly normal will become normal again here. But yeah, I mean, I don't think anything's going to go back to normal anytime soon, but uh, it's unfortunate, but a lot of the movie theaters are, are done. They're just done. Like can't, yeah, you can't well, stay, you can't stay in business for a year without doing business. Well, and AMC apparently is, uh, I think on the verge for filing for bankruptcy. I, I think which, they did file. Did they? Okay. Yeah. Which that's, that's going to be a significant blow to the movie theater experience. I mean, yeah, it's going to be something that's really just kind of more rare, which I think we'll definitely drive up the price for tickets more just because if it's, if, it, if there's fewer movie theaters uh, around here, I think you're going to, it's going to be kind of considered like almost like a theme park or like a experience of sorts or whatever. I mean, we already pay a premium. You got to think like movies cost anywhere between 13 and $15 to go see. Right. I'm thinking so, like maybe they'll person. like, I think they might start charging like maybe more like, maybe 10 bucks. I mean, again, this is just me speculating. I have no idea whether or not this will actually pan out per se, right. but, but man, I mean, yeah, it's, it's going to be a shame if, uh, if, uh, this is just the way things go, which I mean, at this point in time, it's kind of looking more likely than not. Yeah. Let's talk about last of us. Uh, yeah. it's, it has officially, uh, being been ordered to series. And yep. so they're moving forward with this. Yeah, so a couple months back, we got the uh, we got the word that HBO was going to produce a Last of Us show, and the writers uh, from the original game were going to be involved. Um, and it's going to be focusing it's going to be focused on the story from the first game, 
and production is expected to start soon. No, no firm details on casting or release date or like projected release date or anything like that. So that's pretty much all we know so far. I mean, like I said before, I mean, I think HBO and a TV show format is a great way to uh, adapt uh, The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. But I think the challenge is, is like, how do you differentiate yourself from all the zombie stuff that had, that we got like a couple years back that was like everywhere, you know? Totally. I mean, uh, for me, I'm probably, I mean, I didn't play these games. I don't know anything really about the IP. So sure. I know this is, I'm, this is something that you really enjoy, or at least you enjoyed the first one. I don't really know how you feel about the second one, but I mean, the second one, I was just kind of, I was kind of, I don't know, lukewarm about it. I mean, I, there, there was parts I like, and then there was, I would say like maybe the first half of the game I liked. And then the second half, I wasn't like too big of a fan of, but, um, but no, I think, I think ultimately because one of, one of the critiques I had about the first game was I'm like, okay, this is cool. I mean, this is like a video game version of like this per se, right? Like this movie or that TV show. And now that this is going to become a TV show, it's like, okay, what is this going to make different? It's kind of like a, the, the same issue that I have with the, the Uncharted movie. It's like, okay, yeah. What's it actually going to do to the franchise? Well, what, what like, what, transfer? Well, right. Because I always, well, with Uncharted, I was like, okay, this is basically Indiana Jones, the video game base, at, uh, you know, unofficially. And now that we have a movie that's, you know, or, you know, something that is being based off of, um, you know, uncharted that exists in the same space as like the Indiana Jones movie. It's going to be like, okay, so how's this going to be special here? Because I mean, what made it special was there was nothing like it in its own medium. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all for our nerd news. Let's move on to round table review. Dorian, take it away. Chapter 13, Mandalorian, the Jedi. Yeah. What do we need to say about this, honestly? Uh, Mas- masterpiece? That that does that? You know, I it? mean, I so this again. Spoilers ahead. Yeah. Spoilers, not gonna. Spoilers. Spoilers. We're not gonna. Go, we're not gonna do an in-depth analysis no. or anything like that. But man, man, best, man, best, best, <laughs> uh, best episode this season, if not for the entire series, if not. One of the best things that happened in Star Wars since oh, I mean, the beginning. Like, yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, this was essentially w- this gave you pretty much everything that you probably wanted to see out of this show. Yeah, uh, it came to fruition in this episode. And I mean, off the bat, we get Ahsoka Tano. It wasn't I, it wasn't I a was, teaser. It wasn't I was so surprised by yeah. That. It was straight up action scene. From the beginning, yeah. an action yeah. scene. We yeah, got the lightsabers, which that was the one thing I had I call into question because I remember them reporting that the lightsabers she was going to use were going to be blue. Don't you yeah. remember that? I don't uh, specifically. I mean, because she's had like a couple different colors like throughout like her run in like Clone Wars, hasn't she? Yeah. She, well, she had a gr- she had green ones, um, and but she like, at the what? end of like. But the end of like Clone Wars, she had like, weren't they like kind of like whitish blue, kind of or something like that? Well, the the ones Anakin gave her, yeah. Well, well, those are just blue. Yeah, those are just blue. Right. And, and again, Rebel, yeah. she has white ones. 
Okay, so which that's these are these are the same ones from Rebels because I was I was looking at the hilts yeah, and they're the exact same ones that they've made the toys of before based gotcha. on her character in Rebels. Um, you know, one's got is the uh what do they call it? Not a kato. Uh, it's like a short lightsaber, basically. I can't remember the name of it. Right. Um, but, and then one's yeah. full size, but yeah, they're they're kind of curved hilts and they're really right. uh, they're they're made from actually an Inquisitor's uh lightsaber from Rebels. Okay. Okay, yeah. Um, and then she bleeded, basically reverse bleeded the crystals and made them white. Um, gotcha. And so that's, and then they got a cool sound to them. Like when, even yeah. when, she, when she first activated them, I was like, hold up, hold up. Like I thought we were going to start with Mando fighting these guys somehow. And I was right. like, hold up, wait a second. No, 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 no. And then she just went off on all those guys. And yeah, no, she got her Batman on in that. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. She a was a couple scenes in this uh, big in time this episode here. Yeah. Honestly, uh, first thoughts on the combat for me, dude, mm-hmm. better than the sequel trilogy, period. Yeah, no, I would better agree. Better than the like, sequel trilogy, period. Yeah, I mean, that that's a very good point that I'm now just realizing. You know, when she chops that tree and then, like, uses the force of, like, yeah. push a part of that tree into somebody and, like, slice another guy. Yeah, no, so much better choreography. Like, what the heck, Disney? Why didn't we get this on a multi-million dollar movie? Yeah, yeah. It makes no sense. Yeah, so um, I mean, I got I got to watch it again. My wife's watching right now. I'll probably end up watching it again some point this weekend. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, gosh, man, what a solid episode. Uh, really, really cool. Uh, the premise of the episode, real quick, is there's basically this lady in power called the Magister, keeping uh, herself I, rich. Isn't it magistrate or? I don't know. I thought it was Magister, but I could, it could have been Magistrate. I can't remember. Okay. Uh, basically, she's like the uh, she, she, dictator she runs- of this small little town. Yeah. Just uh, on the dictator here because that's pretty ev- much what she does. Everyone's dirt poor. And then you go. It kind of reminded me of like the different areas in Bossing Say where there's like the yeah. really poor area and then the really rich area. Yeah. No, um, and she's living it up. She's got like waterfalls and ponds oh, like- and. It's beautiful like the, architecture and then it's, it's just trash beyond that it's essentially like um it's essentially like if there you lived in like a rundown trailer park but then like there's this one house up the road like in the yeah. trailer park that has like this beautiful japanese garden and all that here and just totally yeah. yeah and that's definitely what it kind of reminded me of too um but basically, uh, the Mandos shows up. This is after the fight, and uh, Ahsoka is asking for details. Uh, and she said, "You have twenty four hours, and I'm going to come back." Basically, and so she's looking for someone. We don't know who. We have no idea who. Um, the Mandalorian shows up, and it, you know he's he's kind of he's trying to get information at all costs. He wants to find the Jedi. He knows yeah. that the Jedi is on this planet, and and so he goes to the the lady, the uh, magister or magistrate, whatever you want to call her. I can't remember. But yeah. uh, goes to her and she says, hey, I need you to kill me a Jedi. You know, you guys are have been warring for, you know, centuries, basically. Uh, yeah. Can you do that? And he's like, yeah. And then she had a Beskar, steel, a Beskar uh, spear that mm-hmm. would be his if he killed her. And right. so uh, sick, first of all. Number one, where'd you get that? You know, like... Oh. So, so I, I kind of went through a little bit of a, um, a little bit of like, a uh, 
I I had a difference of opinion like in this episode here, at least starting out, because when I saw the best car spear, I'm like, dude, what are you going to do with that? You have laser guns you, like that's kind of pointless. But then when you found out like how like that best car steel can stand up to a lightsaber. Oh, yeah. No, that's known. Like, yeah, I didn't. That's I why didn't, they wear it. Yeah, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. So I thought like that was just uh, I thought it was just like blasters here. For oh, the no. Part. Yeah, no, yeah. they just, they designed it basically to fight against Jedi. So yeah. you had to have something good, you know? Yeah, I guess so. So I'm like, okay, that, so, so that's basically how he's going to fight Moff Gideon with the dark saber. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. So yeah, basically he ends up getting it at the end because the duh, uh, they're going to win the fight. But, um, yep. uh, but then, and then, uh, Mando gets the information of where she's at the coordinates and then they fight, which is where, you know, you just said, Basically, you find it, you know, you see what Beskar can do when pushed against, you know, the right. odds. And yeah, uh, which, by the way, that I mean, brief fight scene between Mando and Ahsoka, uh, but it was that was sick. Like, yeah. again, better than pretty much anything the sequel trilogy threw at us here, just in, in those like 10 or 15 seconds that they fought each other here. Yeah. And then what about our boy Grogu? Yeah. We got a name. <laughs> we got a we name got- for the child, guys. It's we great. got a name. Um, so yeah. Uh, and then this kind of made sense to me. And basically you see uh, Ahsoka and after the Mandalorian, her patch things up, try to figure out what they're going to do with the child. And she's obviously intrigued by the child because it's, you know, it's one of Yoda's species. And yeah. she had information, like basically she would, they're like reading each other's minds. They were feeling each other through the force. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we get background on the child. His name's Grogu. Um, he was raised at the Jedi temple by many masters and then hidden after order 66. Um, super interesting. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I really am enjoying just the amount, the steady flow of information that we're getting like in these past, like three episodes, uh, you know, we're learning more about pretty much everything that's going on in terms of, in terms of like Mando and the child and just the conflict that they might be heading into and all that. So I'm, I'm all about it. Yeah. Um, man. Yeah. I was just very surprised at how much information we actually got in this episode when it came to, uh, the child. And now that we can call him by his name, you know, that's even, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the name. It's fine, but, uh, all right. I mean, when we've (laughs) called him, when we've called him baby Yoda or the child for so long, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to, you know, go back from that. But I mean, one thing I do want to bring up is the fact that he does have a gap in his memory. He doesn't have the, yeah. complete, he's not completely, uh, he, he, he hasn't have like a complete recollection of like what happened between his time at the Jedi temple and up to this point here. So yeah, basically so, after that, he, he remembers the, the before, but after the order happened, he kind of shut it out. Cause it's basically, too painful for him to relive, I guess, through the force when him and Ahsoka were talking through the force. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, really interesting that he was around in the Clone Wars, and I'm one. I'm trying to figure out how they're going to fit this character into, uh, you know, other other you know media sources and stuff like that. Pretty cool. Um, yeah, just just I'm interested to see how that pans out. I guess. Yeah. But yeah, so basically after she's sitting down with him, she figures he's too attached to the Mando because, you know, he's been his only like protector for the last, you know, 
however long they've been together and he's too attached. So Ahsoka's worried that the fear and uh, them separating would turn him to the dark side eventually. Right. And so Ahsoka won't train him essentially. And then they go on this basically escapade to go take back the city and, and you know, they do because you know, Ahsoka is going to do some Ahsoka stuff, which Mm -hmm. was super dope going on top of rooftops and, deflecting stuff and yeah just yeah. going one-on-one with the the bad lady yep and all and that stuff way, mando's reflexes in this episode are grease lightning basically. oh yeah. yeah yeah he gets in a couple of standoffs and that was pretty cool the mexican standoff almost where he and then the guy tried to be dirty on him he put his blaster down and then yeah. mando drew quick but well, then, um, like and then they're like two seconds later there's that droid on the roof yeah that's to behind him. you yeah yep. Yeah, super cool. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, there was some pretty, pretty heavy name drop at the end of this episode. Yeah. Pretty heavy, um, which basically makes me rethink who's really in charge. We we, you know? were, we were literally talking about this last week. About Yeah, we were. So, so basically, uh, Ahsoka, you know, after she's fighting... The the bad lady goes, I want to talk to your boss. Where's Grand Admiral Thrawn? And yeah. I was like, oh, snap. Mm-hmm. Oh, snap. So if you guys know anything about Grand Admiral Thrawn, he was basically the tactician, like genius behind a lot of the things that happened right after. Uh, <sighs> it was during the Clone Wars that he got discovered by the Empire. Sure. Well, um, at least like in this uh, rebooted. Uh, right, version. right. Yeah, so basically, I mean, he's got to be pulling the strings behind Gideon. Like, he's got to be the guy. Well, uh, unless there's two different factions right now, and he's he's right, still hidden. Because refresh my memory, like, is Admiral above or Grand Admiral Abron? Like, uh, yeah, he's above Moff Grand- Gideon. Okay, so yeah, he's so the, he's the guy. Yeah, and he and he's got he's got to be. But I mean, the question, I guess, the question is, is like, okay. Is this is Thrawn actually going to become like the main guy for this show, or is this going to be for Ahsoka's? Uh, so, show? because I in, could in, in order it. to understand where we're at, I think Rebels has to come into the play into play, like the show, yeah. um, which Dave Filoni was a part of. So I can see them bringing more characters back from that show. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so at the end of you know Rebels, basically Ezra and Thrawn. Uh, basically get teleported out of to you know deep space somewhere potentially or they're dead you're not really sure um and i won't i won't go into specifics because i don't want to ruin it for anyone but basically that's what happens and so ahsoka at the end ahsoka and uh, sabine end up going that's their mission is to go look for ezra and so i'm wondering now if we're gonna find a grand animal uh, you know if we're gonna find thrawn is ezra gonna come into the fray i think I think he has to. Yeah, you know? especially with Ahsoka going, hey, I'm not going to train him, but some other Jedi can. That was interesting to me. But basically, hey, you need to go, excuse me, to this place, this Jedi temple, and meditate. And, you know, uh, Grogu has to decide if he wants to continue with his training, and he'll reach out through the Force, and there will be a Jedi to reach out back. She said, not many survive, but there are some of us out there which yeah. is, for me, it's Luke Skywalker, or Ezra Bridger. Those are really the only other ones we, we know a ton about that have like survived. Cal Kestis, if we want to get him canon, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah you, you, could, you could go that route here. I mean, yeah, I'm not entirely... I mean, part of me wants to say, like, maybe it's, like, a completely original character that survived Order 66, but 
then again, you got Dave Filoni on uh, on the writer or in the writing room, basically. Say, so I'm assuming that he's probably going to be bringing some of his people that he created into the fray and like kind of just have more overlap uh, in this era of Star Wars here, essentially. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, man, this episode is like essentially if you are anywhere familiar with like Clone Wars or at, got like decently involved. This was the episode for you here. Totally. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh man, this could have been the finale, to be honest. This could have yeah, been the that, finale of season two and everything would have been great. That's what we were discussing was because like, I was so surprised we got an episode like this. That wasn't the season finale just on like how this episode was firing on all cylinders. Yeah. No, like no hesitation on like getting things moving in the ball rolling, you know, all the revelations and reveals. Yeah. This could have easily been a season finale and we got this basically mid season. So Mm -hmm. it honestly, I mean, it's honestly like makes me wonder like, what are they actually going to do for the season finale? It's like, are they actually going to go to Mandalore? Is he going to square off with Boba Fett? Is it just going to be another conflict with Moth, Moff Gideon, Bo-Katan and Asano, you know, I have no idea. I mean, they, because they have done like so much legwork just for this season so far that, I mean, I honestly thought that uh, the season two finale was going to be them finding Ahsoka Tano and that was going to be it. Yeah, totally. I, and I figured they would, they would be using her in this episode, but I didn't think it'd be this much. I had no idea. Um, But yeah, all around great episode. Uh, if I had to give it a score, ten out of ten. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking right there with you. I mean, if not ten out of ten, really close to it here. Nine point eight. Yeah. I mean, I don't know something, but then at that point, you might as well just give it, you know. But give it a ten, yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, bet again, best show of this season or best episode of the season, maybe best episode of the show. Definitely one of the best Star Wars things that we've ever gotten. So. Totally. Well, if you don't have anything else, that's it. That's it. That's what we got. Thank you guys for listening. We greatly appreciate it. Check us out on our social media. Make sure you go to our YouTube and subscribe. Uh, you know, like us on Facebook. Uh, have an awesome week. Remember, everyone's a nerd about something. <laughs> <laughs>